All right, good morning. Um, so we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. Um, as I have talked about in great detail, not really great detail, but I've talked about it a lot, is this Rooted series. Um, it has really challenged me. And what's really crazy about that book so far is I haven't learned anything I didn't already know. Um, it's just, I don't know what it is that has caused it to be this great challenge all of a sudden. But um, it's been so good that I think that all of us need to go through it. And not just go through it the one time, but multiple times. So that's why I'm excited about leading it um, right now. I really have no idea what I'm doing when I lead it. Um, this was something that Rashad and I talked about months and months and months ago. And then now it has come out and we started it. And um, I'm just going with it. And it's been amazing. And the 10 people that are going through it with us, I can't really speak um, a lot about our conversations because they're our conversations, but there have been some breakdown moments. There have been some um, just great fellowship time. Clearly, we eat and talk too much and not enough about the lessons, and we'll, be, we'll get better at that. But anyway, in Daniel this past week, we talked about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I've heard there's a whole lot of different sayings that go with Shadrach, Meshach, and then people put a whole lot of different names on Abednego for some reason, but they do. And I've learned that this week, but I was going to talk about that. But since we're going to start a 10-week rooted series in March, I'm not going to talk about that today. So we're going to go into Daniel chapter 6, because as I was reading Daniel, this story came up, and it kind of went with what I wanted to talk about with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego anyway. So who here knows the book of Daniel pretty well? Perfect. One of us. Great. Great. Okay. So I talked about this this morning coming in. I went home, uh, had to pick up my kiddos. If you guys don't know, Elizabeth had surgery. She did have some complications to the anesthesia. She's, there's some healing that she's got to do. So anyway, so I had to go home and go get the kiddos. No big deal. Gives us a few minutes of just hecticness when I walk in the house. They're not ready for church. I'm like, we got to get there by 1030. We run into a train. It's been a crazy morning. But anyway, Izzy tells me, or was it Tornado? Tornado? That this is what they've been studying in school. So I get to ask her the question, how many kings was David under? Anybody know? Anybody? Anybody? Perfect. Four. All right. Tornado knew that. I was impressed. Four kings. Did you know that and you wouldn't speak up? Okay. I thought, I thought you did. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you out. Don't yell at me. All right. So four kings he was under. Um, if you guys know anything about the book of Daniel, it starts with them going into captivity, all right? And his he was given another name. Um, it starts with a B. We'll just say that. Um, it's a really long name. If you guys want to look it up, it's in there, okay? It's in Daniel chapter 1. You can read it. Um, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was not their original names. Did you guys know that? Perfect, a lesson, okay? That's also in chapter one, if you'd like to look there. Um, they actually had different names, and all these names came about from King Nebuchadnezzar. So I'm just giving you guys a little bit of a history lesson. I found this thing. Um, does anyone know what family Daniel came from? The lineage of David, okay. David, all right? So that's important, all right? He came from David, all right? Oh, we did have one that had it, all right? T teacher's pet, right? 
and they're in my rooted. So that's even, now they're just getting all kinds of points. Um, Daniel is known for his wisdom and intelligence. All right, not just King Solomon was known for that, but Daniel was too. Daniel also knew how to interpret dreams. All right, so that's kind of where we're going to pick up is we're going to be in chapter 6, but I'm going to talk about chapter 5 for a minute. So we're going to read the first four verses of chapter 6, and then we're going to rewind back to chapter 5. I'm not going to read anything in chapter 5. I'm just going to kind of tell you guys a little bit of what chapter 5 is talking about, and then we're going to go into what today's sermon is about, okay? So let's read the first four verses in chapter 6. It says, Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, stationed throughout the realm, and over them three administrators, including Daniel. These sad traps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded, which is attacked. Uh, Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit so that the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom but they could not find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, we, we thank you for just another opportunity to be in here in your house, to read your word, to hear your word, Lord, to just worship you, to sing praises to you, Lord, to fellowship amongst one another. Lord, I thank you for that freedom that you give us. Lord, I thank you um, that you woke us up this morning. I thank you for uh, giving us um, the health to come here. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to be with, watch over, guide, and protect us. Lord, we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to go into rewind really fast, but real quick, in verse 4, I want you guys to key on this. But they could find no charge of corruption, for he was trustworthy, and no negligence or corruption was found in him. So another thing about David is the Bible talks about nothing bad about David, all right? So if you look into, or Daniel, Daniel, thank you, thank you, that's, that's par for the course, all right? But there were several people that God used... Um, in the Bible that you could find things on. Abraham had his Hagar incident. Moses struck the rock and was banned from Canaan. David committed adultery and murder. And those other two startling examples of righteousness, Noah and Job. Noah got drunk and naked. Even Job repented because of how he spoke about God. But Daniel, the Bible does not talk about anything negative about him. I'm not saying Daniel was perfect because he wasn't. He sinned as well. But for charges against him, he could not find nothing to charge him with corruption, for he was trustworthy. No negligence or corruption was found in him. So he is, as much as we want to look at this, he is a political leader, if you want to call it that, all right, of 50 years, roughly 50 years, and they could find nothing, all right? Just think about it this way. Joe Biden's been in for... 47, and they brought all kinds of things up against him. Donald Trump's been in for four years. They have brought all kinds. So there's all kinds of things that you can come up against somebody, especially when they're in the public eye. And here is Daniel, and they cannot find anything on him. So um, 
Anyway, that is an amazing accomplishment, but this is where Daniel's at now. In chapter 5, let's go back to chapter 5 real quick if you guys just want to look back over there. Um, he is under King Belshazzar, if I said that correctly, all right, and he's having a huge party, and if you know anything about Nebuchadnezzar, he was all about idol gods, and so he starts bringing out all this stuff, and they start worshiping it, and then as Izzy or Tornado said, a majestical hand came out and started writing on the wall, and it freaked him out. Um, I don't know about you, but it freaked me out too. So what happens is uh, King Belshazzar calls on the wise men, has them come, and he tries to have them interpret what just happened. And none of them can interpret it. So then a queen comes, says, my Lord, I know someone that can do this. And so he's like, who? And she says, Daniel. And so Daniel comes and he interprets the dream. And basically what he tells him is, you're about to die. Um, and that's exactly what happened that evening. The Persian and the Medes came in and took over, killed him, and now we're at King Darius. So here's the fourth time that Daniel is with um, uh, the king, under another king. And so um, he is the best of the best. And he is over everything, and they've gotten word that Darius is about to make him like the man. So they want to get rid of him. So they start digging into his life, and they can't find absolutely anything on him. So we're going to continue reading. And the one thing out of this whole entire sermon I want you guys to get is what we're about to read here in just a second. It says in verse 5, it says, Then these men said, We will never find any charges against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. If somebody can look at you and say, I can't find anything against them, we got to use his God against him. And that's exactly what they're going to do. Because he was such a great witness in his walk that they knew that whatever they could talk the king into doing, David would not change his life, or Daniel would not change his life for that. And so we're going to read here in just a second, and we're going to see how they try to get Daniel to fall. But they know he's not going to. So it says in verse 6, So the administrators and the satraps went together to the king and said to him, May King Darius live forever. First off, that's a trap, right? When someone comes and gives you praise like that, all right, you know there's a bad plan about to come out. So if someone comes and just goes over top and tries to make you feel like this person you really aren't, be ready because there's a trick coming with it, all right? So verse 7 says, all the administrators of the kingdom, the, perfect, the perfects, the satraps, the advisors, and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days... Anyone who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty established etiquette and sign the document so that as, so as a law of the Medes and Persian, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signs the document. 
When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. So I believe Daniel was here or there during all of this. He's seen all of this. I bet he probably said a couple things, not a lot. And then the degree, to, to, how you say that word? Decree, decree, all right? That's what the etiquette is, the, de- the degree, whatever. You guys know what I'm saying, all right? That, so it was signed, all right? It was signed and it's irrevocable. Now remember that that's gonna be a key part here in just a second. Um, so he goes home exactly what these uh, administrators and these satraps knew was going to happen. All right, he goes home and it says, the windows in his upper room open toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So he goes up into his upper room, all right, which means he goes away. It's his private time with the Lord. Um, And this is just me saying this. I don't have anything to back it, but I feel pretty confident in saying this. So if you guys want to check me on it, it's great. But I think the reason he opened up the windows and prayed toward Jerusalem is he was alive during the temple. And so he's looking towards the temple as he's praying. Um, Again, you can look that up. I don't really have biblical evidence of that, but I feel that is probably why he opened his windows. He wasn't being boastful and letting the world see it. He was just praying towards the temple. And so um, anyway, he's praying towards the temple three times a day, and he got down on his knees. That challenged me. Get down on his knees. So two weeks ago, we talked about prayer and rooted. And uh, I brought up a story when Elizabeth and I first we're living together. We weren't married. We got married. And we literally had devotion every night together. It was before life was crazy with five kids. Um, but, and that's no excuse, by the way. Um, but he, we got on our knees every single night, and we prayed every night. And um, that was when our prayer life, as Elizabeth and I, was our best. Um, when we did a devotion and then we had a prayer list that we made up, and then we hit our knees and we prayed. We know that Daniel was an extremely busy person. So to use that excuse that we can't do that anymore because we're too busy is just baloney, to be honest with you. It's just an excuse so we don't have to do what God wants us and needs us to do. But anyway, so they knew this was going to happen, um, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to God just as he had done before. They knew this is exactly what was going to happen. It was no secret to them. If people look into your life right now, would it be a shock to them if they saw you praying? Would it be like, ah, well, that's not how he lives his life or her life? They knew what Daniel was going to do. Well, people know what you would do in those situations. I've said it a lot of times. COVID has exposed us as a Christian. All right? Daniel had a habit of praying to God three times a day. Some of us have a habit. On Sunday morning, we go to the gas station or church and get filled up. And those who don't have that habit has been exposed. They use excuses to why they can't be at church. All right? They use excuses to whatever, when it comes to their walk with Jesus. 
And we need to throw those excuses out the window and get serious. Hey, I'm just as guilty. I have used more than enough excuses to why I don't do this or I don't do that. But we're in the situation we are in right now because of our excuses. I guarantee that many people that we're around daily will look at our lives and have no idea that we're Christians. They have no idea that we worship Jesus. And that's sad. That's sad. Not all of us. Some of us I know in here, you can look into their life and see that they are a Jesus follower and COVID hasn't changed anything about their walk. Matter of fact, a lot of people have gotten stronger in their walk with Jesus through COVID. And I've read stories about how God is using COVID to bring people to him, which is awesome. Like I've said before, COVID has not caught God off guard. It caught us off guard. So anyway, verse 11 says, Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. I believe that during these prayers, Daniel knew it was coming. It wasn't a secret. He knew what the new etiquette was, or etic was, that he was to pray to King Darius. He knew that, but he was praying on behalf of King Darius to God because he knew what King Darius was going to have to do. He knew that. How many of us actually pray for our enemies? Who actually prays for people that have, for people that have done wrong against you? How many of us have actually hit our knees and prayed for that? Listen, I'm the first one to say, go get them. Like, you played me, I'm going to get you, right? Um, And then, you know, I've been in situations where I just dislike people. And that is not the way a Christian should act. Daniel knows what's about to come. It's not a secret, all right? If we knew that death was at our doorstep, and if we were told, hey, you can't pray to anybody but me, not God, we can say, oh, that's easy for me. But is it? Is it? Think about that. Think about if they have your whole family in front of you, and it says, bow down to me, or each one of your family members gets shot right here, right now. What are you going to do? Daniel knew it was coming. Verse 12 says, So they approached the king and asked about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days any man who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, As a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king. And the etiquette you signed, for he prays three times a day. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver. You went too fast on me. To deliver him. All right? I want to stop right there just for a second, okay? As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He was not displeased with Daniel. He was displeased with himself, and he wanted to try to find a loophole so he did not have to go through with this. And in the Eastern culture back then, if you guys know anything, if you were, um, 
accused and convicted of a crime that you were going to be killed for, they did it that day. There was no death row for years and years and years. You were killed that day. So King Darius, his mind is going. He's trying to figure out how he can get himself out of this because he realizes now that he was tricked and he's got to kill Daniel. And then it goes on in 15 and says, Then these men went to the king and said to him, You as king know it is law of the Medes and Persians that no ethical ordinance the king established can be changed. So now they're challenging him on it. All right? They're holding him to what he said. All right? How many of us are held to what we said and we can't take it back? Many of us have said things with our Christian tongue that should never have been said. We gossip about people. People in our own churches, people in our own family. And then we try to tell people, but I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm a Christian. All right, it don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. All right, if you have a problem with someone, go to that person and talk to them. Don't gossip about them. That is something I'm trying to teach my teenage daughter. Holy cow. All right, she in here? No, she left. Okay, so anyway, but if we can teach it in high school and teach it now... They shouldn't have that issue later. All right? So uh, verse 16. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. He knew. He knew. How many people know your God through your actions? And know that your God can do that. May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Most people, when things happen that are bad, we talked about this in Rooted, um, right? The first thing they do is, what did I do to deserve this? Why is God treating me this way? And Daniel knew exactly what was going to happen. And he still served God. Daniel was no young pup during this time, all right? He was 80 years old, roughly. 80 years old, and he had this habit of worshiping God, specifically through prayer, as verse 6 says. How many of us have a habit of worshiping God in whatever way you worship him? Or is this just something I have to do? I have to go to church on Sunday. I have to read the Bible. I have to do my rooted studies. Or who is like, I want to do my rooted studies. I want to go to church. I want to do all these things instead of sitting here and letting the world dictate what we do. I was just reading something the other day. I was looking at some stuff uh, in Daniel chapter 6. And um, this guy was, this, it was a Christian pastor guy writing an article. He lived in California. And he said that they've taken everything away from us in the state of California, except for prayer. And he said, I don't think that's very far off. So think about that. Think what you would do if all you had in your Christian walk right now is prayer. They've taken singing away. These mega churches are getting fined thousands and thousands of dollars every Sunday because they're still meeting. Thousands, not 100 or 500, like 5,000, 10,000. I think one church is up to 15,000 every Sunday they meet. They're getting fined by the government. 
But they're saying, you know what, we need to meet together. I talked about this last week. In the Bible, 26 times it talks about we need to fellowship with one another. Not only do we need to fellowship with one another, we need to fellowship with God through prayer. And so many times, so many times we take for granted the opportunity to pray to God. Daniel knew that death was at his doorstep if he continued to pray. And he still continued to pray. Who here, when death is at our footsteps, is going to continue to live the life for Jesus? Or who here is just going to be like, "Ah, I don't know who he is. Who here is going to deny him? Who here is going to forget who their Lord and Savior is? Because death is staring him in the face. So as we go out this week, the now what part of this whole thing of now what is when we face the things that we face each and every day, what are we going to do with that? Are people going to be able to see your walk in Jesus? All right. One of the things when I supervising at my job is I always want to try to be positive. It's easy to work for someone that's always positive. Um, one of my old bosses used to say, Jason, you know what I like about you? He says, you're like a kettle. And I'm like, what the heck does that, I'm a kettle? I know I'm chubby, but I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, no, 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 not that. He says, every time your neck is up, uh, as long, as every time boiling water is up to your neck, you're still whistling. And that's how we need to be as Christians. When life just feels like it's falling apart, and when life feels like God is not paying no attention to us, know he is, and whistle, and sing his praises, and tell people about him. It's easy to give God praise during the good times. It's what are you going to do when you face death? What are you going to do when you know your Christian values say you have to do this? God's word says you have to do this, but we cower down because we're scared of what somebody's going to say or do. It's a scary, scary thing. But it can start with the however many people are in this room right now, going out and living that life for Jesus. No matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone does, that you stay true to his word. But first you've got to pick up his word and you've got to read his word. And you've got to hit your knees and you've got to pray. So that's my challenge. If you can get down on your knees. I know some of us are now challenged for that. I can still get on my knees. Seriously, get down on your knees this week. And seriously pray and then listen. Like that is the key thing I learned through our prayer session two weeks ago. Is listen. Listen to what God wants you to do. So many times we just make these um, knee-jerk reactions right? Rashad's leaving, I'm leaving. What? Did, did, are you praying about that? Oh, there was only, they're shaking hands at church again. I'm not going ever again. Oh, they're having donuts and coffee at church. I'm not going. Pray. Talk to somebody. If you have issues with things that are happening, talk to people, all right? Talk to God first and foremost. Hit your knees and ask him what he would have you to do and seek his face. All right? So as the worship team comes up, 
I really want you guys, what song are we singing, Ty? Oh, come to the altar. Wow. Did I tell you what I was preaching on? That's awesome. Okay. I didn't think I did. Um, In all seriousness, come to the altar. Hit your knees. Ask God what he wants you to do in 2021. It's a new year, right? I heard a, a meme or something. I was looking at Elizabeth's phone, and it said something about hindsight 2020, is 2020, and now it's behind us, all right? But 2021's in front of you. What are you going to do with that? What are we going to do in the year 2021? Who here remembers Y2K? Shut your computer off 10 minutes before. You guys remember all that? All right? Sweet. All right? It's now 2021. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to churn your life on for God? Are you going to tell people about Jesus? Are you going to let them know who your true king is? Are you going to let them know that, hey, 2020, for me, 2020 was not a bad year for me. My family walked away healthy. We got to spend a lot of family time together. But 2020 was rough for a lot of people. I know some people that have lost loved ones through 2020. Um, But what are you going to do in 2021? Are we still going to live in the past of 2020 that was so terrible for so many people? Are we going to push forward and let people know that Jesus is my Jesus? Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is Lord of all lords. Are we going to let people know that? Or are we going to cower down and not tell anyone? Social media through the whole, okay, so I'm off Facebook, right? But I'm not going to lie, I looked at the 2020, 2021 walk-in just to see how everyone was reacting. And I seen very little post about Jesus or God. You know what I seen? I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the focus has totally left God. So I started scrolling through some people's pages and started looking at the 2019 to 2020 year and what they wrote. It was a totally different answer than what they put the year before, or this year, I'm sorry. It was a total different one. Why? Because they didn't have anything else they had to worry about like a pandemic. And we've lost our focus. We've lost our focus on Jesus. And so as we pray, come to the altar, This is our altar. If you have good enough knees to sit on concrete, kneel on the concrete. If you want to sit in your chair and pray and use whatever as the altar at this very moment and just pray to God that one, you will stand up to anyone that talks bad about your God. And two, what does God want you to do in 2021? What does he need you to do? He doesn't really need you to do anything, but there's things he wants you to do. There's things that he wants want you to do to be witnesses to other people. Again, I'll never stop saying this. You may be the only Bible people ever read. And if you claim to be a Christian and you go and do something so boneheaded, I'm guilty. And it's going to happen. It's called sin. Make sure you go to that person and apologize because that's not what happens in the real world. If they're not Christians, they'll go do something bonehead and they'll leave it. Be different. Go to them and ask them for forgiveness. You're going to throw them way off. They're going to think you're a nut job, but that's okay. You can be a nut job for Jesus. All right? Go to them and apologize. 
and show them the Bible, all right? Show them who you love, who you follow, all right? It's not hard to pick up what people do and what people worship, all right? A lot of people worship a whole lot of things, and it's not God. So let's pray, and then you guys can pray, and then we'll close. Dear God, Lord, we thank you once again for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we pray that um, as we sing this song, uh, Lord, that we will really listen to the words, Lord, that we will really pray to you. Lord, I pray that we take this time to lift up our voices to you. Lord, if we sing, great, but Lord, I pray that we lift up our voices to you in prayer. Lord, I, I'm convinced that if every single person in this room prays something totally different, you hear each and every one of them, and Lord, your will will be done. And Lord, I pray that people in this room, Lord, if there's one that does not know you, that that's their first call at the altar, Lord, is asking you into their heart. And Lord, I pray if there's one here that has been saved, has accepted you, but Lord, they didn't live the life they should have in 2020, that they leave that at the altar. And Lord, they face 2020 with hope. They face 2020, I'm sorry, 2021 with hope, and they face 2021 with you in their mind, you in their heart, and Lord, that they rededicate their walk to you. Lord, I just, I thank you once again for great men like Daniel, that even though he was facing death, for having a relationship with you, he did not care. Lord, he still held that relationship. And Lord, he was willing to die for that relationship. Lord, I pray that we have that love for you. Lord, I just pray that as we go this week, Lord, that we truly will think about Daniel, an 80-year-old man that willingly hit his knees three times a day. He was busy, but Lord, he never used that as an excuse. Lord, I pray that we don't use that as an excuse, that we can hit our knees. And Lord, I pray that as we go into next week and we talk about the actual uh, story of Daniel being in the actual lion's den, Lord, that you'll just open up our hearts for that as well. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And oh, what a Savior, isn't he
Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. Let's sing that chorus again. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Let's sing, Oh, what a Savior. And oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is
All right. Man, that's a great song. As we go home, lay it all at the altar. Remember, Jesus died for each and every one of us. As we go home, tell someone that. Tell someone that you worship a risen Lord. We love you guys. Thank you so much for coming today. Love you all. See ya. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to join us on this podcast from Church on the Rock here in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you would like any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.